country up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside him. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you to heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. Shall we just pray before we start? <clears throat> Father, we ask for your help as we come to look at your word. We thank you for this record of the life and work of Christ and the apostles handed down to us. We thank you most of all that your word is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. We pray that you might wield your word today. Cut us to the heart. Speak to us, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, it's great to be with you here again, completing this three-part series that I've had the privilege, the honour of coming in uh, to speak here for the last couple of weeks. Uh, and it's a series, uh, as Claire introduced entitled, A People Who Go, based on Jesus' teaching, his final words in the Great Commission at the end of Matthew's Gospel, commanding his disciples to go into all the world, taking the good news of his resurrection and the kingdom of God. It's, of course, a, a mission and a message that we saw Jesus himself complete in going from heaven to earth to come to us. It's a mission that his disciples uh, went on to complete in going from that upper room in Jerusalem into all the world. And because they did, because Jesus went, because the disciples went, we are here today because of it. And last week, if you remember, uh, we looked um, at what we need in order to be a people who go. We looked at the first part and the first ten verses of the book of Acts. And we saw that you need two things from those verses. You need a knowledge of the resurrection. You need to know that Jesus is actually alive, physically, as Steve so eloquently put it there. Christ is right there, by our sides, every moment of the day. We need a knowledge of the resurrection. But secondly, we need to go in the power of the Holy Spirit. A bit like Steve, I myself, I didn't grow up in a Christian home. Um, my mother had less faith than yours, Steve. Uh, we didn't grow up going to church, although I did go to chapel almost every day at school, but it meant nothing to me until the age of 18, until I heard a talk on a camp on the evidence for the resurrection. In part, what we looked at last week, do catch up on that talk online if you'd like to hear that. I heard the evidence for this man, Jesus Christ, still being alive. I realised, goodness, if he is, it means I can know him. I went back to my room that night, and about midnight, I'd been reading my Bible, very well-behaved boy, on this camp. I closed my Bible, and I just prayed a prayer as if to the ceiling, saying, Lord, I believe you're there, but I don't know you yet. I want to come into my life. I repent. I believe. And in that moment, the Holy Spirit filled my heart. What I can only describe as a sense of power and love and hope and forgiveness. Changed my life. 
forever. A knowledge of the resurrection, the power of the Holy Spirit. Big stuff that we looked at last week for what we need in order to be a people who go. And you might think, well, that's enough, isn't it? But we see here in the passage we just read that we need actually more than this. Our reading concerns this little piece, but that's actually crucial for our faith. This piece called the Ascension. And that's what I want to look at for the next few minutes with us today. Why is the Ascension so crucial to our faith, so crucial to Christianity? Why do we need it in order to go more effectively? I mean, we read it, and I think, let's be honest, and we need to at times be honest as Christians, don't we? But it's pretty crazy stuff, isn't it? I mean, let's be honest, the Christian faith involves some crazy stuff to believe. Uh, The resurrection. I mean, that's hard enough for most people to get their heads around. The actual historical fact, belief that Christians have, that a dead man came back from the dead. Came back to life. That's hard enough. But then here we have this moment of the ascension. This man who's risen from the dead, not not merely remaining on earth, alive forevermore, but rising to heaven passing into another dimension. I mean, hello, does anyone else think this is a bit crazy? Doesn't happen every day, right? Why is it there? Why is it necessary? What does it achieve for us and show us that we need? Well, I want to look at four quick things, and uh, they all concern, concern the word in. There are four ins that we see from this passage. The first is that we see that the ascension means that Jesus is in heaven. It means he's divine. He is God and man. I mean, who else can move between dimensions, the dimension of earth and heaven? Who, who else can, can hover? You see, this after this, he was taken up before their very eyes. Jesus, there in the flesh, speaking to them, beginning to rise up from the earth, perhaps even before he finished his sentence. Anyone else seen that? In the, I, I haven't. Can anyone else hover here? I'm sure there's some people upstairs, you know, work around here who wish they had the power to hover or walk on water or raise the dead. It'd be quite helpful at this time, wouldn't it? But none of us can. None of us can simply enter heaven. But the resurrected Jesus Christ I wonder if uh, if you know the Bible at all. If you remember the story in the Old Testament, Jacob, one of the patriarchs, he had a dream and in it he saw a stairway reaching to heaven and he saw angels ascending and descending on this stairway. A bit of a mysterious image, vision. But then Jesus, when he came and walked this earth, when he taught, he said that he was the gateway, the bridge between earth and heaven. He said to his disciples, you will see angels ascending and descending on the Son of Man, on me. In other words, he is the link between heaven and earth. And this is good news for us. Because the ascension here shows us that it's possible for human beings to go into heaven. I mean, Jesus was, after all, fully human. He was a man. 
Let me ask you today, what's your greatest ambition? Could be you say, well, to do good for others, to, to live for my family, to, to benefit society. Wonderful, godly, good things. But then dig a bit deeper. Are there other things? If we're honest, are we living for other things? Perhaps power, perhaps money, perhaps success, living for our own name. What about this challenge? What about getting to heaven? I mean, surely if eternity is real, if Christ is alive, that should be our greatest ambition, right? And the ascension shows us that it's possible. Jesus has gone there ahead of us. You want to go to heaven one day? Come to Jesus Christ. You want to encounter God today? Come to Jesus Christ. The supernatural power of God enters our lives through Jesus by his Holy Spirit. Let me ask you, in light of these truths, does the ascension help you in trusting him? Does it encourage you to come for him for help? Come to him for help. Do you think he's powerful? Do you think he's powerful enough for the challenges you may face in your life right now, today? Do you think he's powerful enough for the challenges facing our country today? I mean, he's more powerful than gravity, we see in this passage. More powerful even than death. That's the first thing the ascension shows us, that Jesus is in heaven. The second thing flows from that, because secondly, it shows, the ascension shows us that Jesus is in charge. Who runs the world? Who's boss? Who's ultimately in control? It can be anxious, worrying times we live in, can't it? Everything seems in flux. Well, the ascension means that Jesus is in heaven right now at God's right hand. And because of that, it means that Jesus is in charge. The Great Commission, again, Jesus says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. That's a lot of authority. I looked up that word, all, in the Greek, just to check its meaning today. You know what I discovered it means? It means all. It means everything. It means nothing is missed out. In other words, the ascension means that Jesus is sovereign. Not the Queen, not Parliament. Their authority is delegated. Jesus Christ is sovereign. And that news impacts our lives and our mindsets because it means... It means there's not one corner, not one atom in the whole universe that he doesn't know about, that he's not in charge of. Does that give you hope today? Does that help you relax just a little bit more with everything that's going on? Does that speak to your worries, your anxieties? So many of us today struggle increasingly with anxiety, with fear. Because we don't know if 
Things are going to be okay. We don't know the future. We don't know what's going to happen. How true is that around these parts? The ascension helps us to know that Jesus is in control and Jesus is Lord. The one who came for us. The one who died for us. Isn't it easier to have peace now? To pray and commit ourselves and our lives to God? And know that nothing is going to happen that is outside his will or control. I've got a friend who was a missionary for many years in Burundi. An inspiring guy, lived there with his family. But in the early days, when there was civil war going on, he, he thought he might die at any time. He was on the back of a moped going along with his friend, and uh, they could hear gunshots and mortar bombs going off. And he was anxious on the back, but his friend turned around smiling, filled with peace and joy. He thought, what? what's in you? What's going on? And he said to him, he'll never forget the words, he said, Simon, we are invincible until the Lord calls us home. Because of the ascension, we too can know that confidence. He's in charge. Thirdly, the ascension teaches us that Jesus is interceding. What is Jesus doing right now in heaven? Is he just chilling, got his feet up? Is he watching Netflix? No. The Bible tells us that he is praying for us, for you and for me. That he's interceding for us. That we'd have courage to live for him. That we'd have power for mission, to take the gospel out, to be a people who go. Hebrews chapter 7 says, Now there have been many of these priests, talking about priests of the past, many of those priests whom death prevented from continuing in office. But because Jesus lives forever, he has a permanent priesthood. Therefore he is able to save completely those who come to God through him. Because he always lives to intercede for them. Jesus is praying for you and for me right now. That we would make it through this life with faith in him. And that we would one day go to join him in his father's presence in heaven forever. Doesn't that encourage you to go to him with your own requests, with your own prayers? Because we know that he will pass them straight on to God, our father, his father, your father, my father. We can pray. We can intercede for others. That's why we stand in the gap praying for other people, other situations. I had the privilege some years ago of launching a prayer meeting that met on Parliament Square. Can you remember about 2010? There'd been the student riots. Everything seemed to be kicking off globally. Everyone was on the streets. I think Winston's head got spray-painted green, something like that. It was around then, you remember that? And it was like everyone was against those in power and politicians. I was praying with a friend doing student ministry at the time, and we were praying for, for the nation. We were praying for God to do something new. And I had a brief picture, the briefest of pictures in my mind's eye, of people gathering outside Parliament to pray for our nation and leaders. Not just to protest them and complain about them, but to pray for them, to pray for you guys, our MPs, those working in government. Well, I prayed about it, thought about it, people holding candles, having a prayer vigil. Eventually I put the word out, and we called for a time of prayer on Parliament Square, one evening, for an hour of prayer, for people to gather with candles, glow sticks, to just come and be together, to pray for our nation. 
to stand in the gap, to intercede. We saw over a thousand people gather that night, back in 2010, I believe, around March. Why? Because we believe in the power of prayer, in interceding. It's what Jesus is doing for us right now. The final thing we see is that Jesus' ascension means that he's incoming. He's incoming. I love a fridge magnet I once saw that uh, had a picture of Jesus, you know, shiny, smiley Jesus at a door, knocking on the door of this house. And it simply said, Jesus is coming, look busy. The Bible tells us that Jesus is coming back. The angels here say it to us. They say, this same Jesus who's been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you've seen him go into heaven. They turn up. They ask them quite an unfair question, I think. They say, why are you looking into the sky? Perfectly reasonable thing to do. I think the disciples could have said, well, we just saw a man hover up from the earth and disappear into the clouds. That's why we're looking into the sky. But what they're really asking is, why aren't you getting on with the job he gave you to do? You know what you're supposed to do. You're called to go into all the world to tell them the good news that this Jesus Christ is alive, that death has been defeated, that we can live forever. The ascension tells us that Jesus is returning. He's incoming. And he's coming back to judge the world and to take his people, his bride, to be with him forever. Now that's exciting news if you are one of his people. It's terrifying news if you're not. I wonder which camp you're in today. Do you trust in Jesus Christ? Have you heard his call to come and follow him and then go? If not, then you can change that today. You can say yes to him in a moment. Just invite him in. Submit to him as Lord. The ascension is crucial history for the Christian faith because if it didn't happen, we can't be sure the second coming, Jesus' return, will happen. But the good news is it did. And so we can be. Which means we should be getting on with what we're called to do, which is to go. Four M's of the ascension. Jesus is in heaven, he's in charge, he's interceding for us, and he's incoming. All of which can mean that if we go in the knowledge of Christ's resurrection, if we go in the power of his Holy Spirit, if we go in the light of his ascension, we will truly be a people who go. Amen.